Hey everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE Battleground 2017, which aired on July 23rd, 2017. Spoilers ahoy, if you haven't watched this yet, don't want to find out who won or retained championships, or otherwise won or lost their matches, then go watch it. Go watch it. Well, maybe not. I don't know. It seems like some people really disliked this pay-per-view. I liked it a lot. And I like it even more uh, now that I've had a couple days to think about it. And we'll get to some of those matches. There there were moments that were real head-scratchers that put a damper on things for sure. But there are also some super awesome things that... I friggin' loved. And I'll get to all of those. Uh, On the kickoff show, we had Aiden English versus Ty Dillinger. Okay, so, Great Balls of Fire. I... My predictions were all correct as far as who would win each match. Except for one. For this pay-per-view, exact opposite. Only one of my predictions was correct. Everything else... Everything was else was like exactly wrong, exactly the opposite. Even the fatal five-way elimination match for the number one contendership for the women, the person I thought would be eliminated first was the person who won. So, yeah, I was absolutely wrong about everything, including this opening match for the kickoff show, Aiden English versus Ty Dillinger. I thought Ty Dillinger was going to win again. Uh, last time they fought, Ty won, and uh, it made an English cry. I don't know if you can hear that. That's a really weird sound. I don't know if it's animals or machines that are making those sounds. But anyway, uh, Aiden English tried to do the tiebreaker. He was about to do it. There are a couple of times when people almost did the other person's finishing moves. Well, I guess this one, and then... uh, Maybe Kevin Owens tried to do one of AJ's moves. I can't remember exactly for that match. But uh, Rusev definitely was about to do an attitude adjustment in that flag match. We'll get to that. Well, maybe not. I maybe not get mention that detail when we get to that match. But, uh, he, he hits Ty with this, um, double hook, arm hook, underhook, is a chicken wing, slammed him down in his face, and, I uh, got the win. We didn't get any, like, resolution for that on the pay-per-view itself. I haven't looked online to see if there's any WWE.com exclusive interviews about the match. Um, but yeah, it felt a little, I, I liked the match a lot. I was, felt a little bit, uh, disappointed that there was no, like, follow-up. Because that's, that's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal for Aiden to, to get a win back on the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. Um, both of them have a kind of longer hair right now. thought that was kind of interesting. They both had an interesting look to them. Um, that's the kick, that's the kickoff show scraggliness, I suppose. Um, alright, so we open the actual pay-per-view with the New Day versus the Usos. 
And it was not the New Day consisting of Big E and somebody else. He was the one who sat out. It's Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. And really this whole match, Xavier Woods was a friggin' rock star. He's the MVP of this match. And almost, yeah, one of the top two people of the entire show, I thought, as far as just the incredible amount of uh, damage he inflicted and absorbed as uh, he's just flying across the ring. He went for, (laughs) oh my gosh, okay, he went for his uh, flying elbow uh, earlier in the match. And it's out of nowhere. Perfect framing, but uh, perfect camera work for this. It's kicked right in the face uh, by one of the Usos. Oh man, that was fantastic! I I jumped out of my seat for that. I was like, oh my god! And uh, I was I was really happy that we saw a replay immediately. Um, and, uh, they did show the replay at, in the same angle as the live shots, so I, I that's gotta be because it preserves that surprise of either Jimmy or Jay, whichever one kicked him in the face, coming out of nowhere. Um, the Usos, before that, the Usos also caught Kofi as he attempted a trust fall, so their, their opponents were too trustworthy, for Kofi Kingston's uh, <laughs> offense to be effective, you have to go against somebody who's who's not willing to catch you when you fall to be able to to do damage to them uh, with that move. Uh, there was they got Xavier in this brutal half crab type submission move. It was, yeah, yeah, it looked painful, but he is able to fight out of it, um, they hit a super kick, tag, splash, combo, but Xavier tag, uh, kicks out, he dodges a huge splash from Jimmy, and then he hits this, <laughs> I think, why are you going up, uh, on that side of the ring, he's all the way on the other side, he is literally, like, 18 feet away. The ring is 20 by 20, is definitely like 18 feet away, if not more because it's at like an angle, so I uh, have that diagonal dimension, but he hits him with the elbow from from all the way across the other side of the ring, amazing, uh, and Xavier Woods gets the pin, it's his first championship win, um, I, I mean he's been in matches where he's defended the title, but the previous two times that they've won the tag team championships, while previously the uh, just the WWE World Tag Team Championships, now the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, uh, the previous two times it was the team of Big E and Kofi that got the initial win. So I thought this was really awesome for Xavier Woods. He was amazing throughout the entire match. And, uh, yeah, from a... There's no, like, gimmick stuff to this match. There wasn't any real cheating. Uh, the Usos did a little bit of funny business. There were some uh, sneaky tags, but they are all within the realm of the rules. They were following great tag team tactics. And 
They, they pull a lot. Yeah, they, they nobody cheated. The Usos didn't try to get counted out on purpose or anything like that. So kudos to them for playing fair. And overall, just a, an awesome, awesome match. Up next, we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Corbin Baron Corbin. I was like Corbin Dallas. Um, notable moment. Crowd is chanting that Corbin sucks. And he replied, I'm doing pretty good, dummies. Uh, I enjoyed that. The The rest of the actual match... Eh, is okay. Uh, we had a Kinshasa countered into the deep six. Uh, and Shinsuke Nakamura was fighting back really well. But then Corbin just kicks him right in the junk. Huge low blow, right? It's obvious. No way he was getting away with that. Plain view of the ref. He's disqualified. Um, so it's no contest. I thought it was going to be no contest because they were going to brawl before the, either of their music even started again. Um, so I guess I was kind of right about this match in a way. So maybe I was I kind of... I was kind of right about two matches, but I don't really count this one because it was it was still uh, a few minutes long. I thought it was it was not even going to happen. And uh, then he hits a end of days on Shinsuke Nakamura afterwards, and he holds up the briefcase, Mister Money in the Bank, blah blah blah. Good for you. Okay. All right, so some of these matches I was not as into as the as the other ones. This one I was way into, although it's uh, once the eliminations started happening, they happened way, way too fast. And so suddenly it was over, and also the winner of it... Wait, what? What? That's really what our match at SummerSlam was going to be? Really? But maybe it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like a, a, a nice send-off for the winner of this match. The winner of this match, the person who I thought was going to be eliminated first, Natalia. What? <laughs> Natalia versus Naomi at SummerSlam. I, I don't even know what to think about that. I guess I'll have to see how the things develop. The thing is, okay, I like Natalia. And back when she, uh, when I first started watching about a year, a uh, year and a couple months ago, uh, she was feuding with Charlotte. Charlotte was the bad guy. Natalia was a good guy. And I thought Natalia was great. And I liked her. And then she started to be mean and is, oh, she's, she's awful. Because, uh, it's all like, just from a list of <laughs> cliche, uh, bad person phrases. It's like a, a, a speak and spell. A spill, speak and spell? Is that what those things are? Where you pull a thing and then it spells cow. C-O-W, cow. It's like that, but with uh, heel phrases. It's a, it's a speak and heel. Um... So, yeah, I don't like her as this... There's a brief, like, month. As brief as a month could be, where Natalia was the the crazy aunt or cousin, cat lady. All she wants to talk about is her cats. 
And I loved that. She wasn't really good or bad. She was just... <laughs> Stop talking about your cats. But keep talking about your cats. <laughs> keep talking about Two Paws. I do follow Two Paws on Instagram. There's some good posts every now and then. Um, it's... <laughs> It's one of those fancy cats. I don't like looking at fancy cats. They're not... Um, I, I don't find them cute or anything. I like cute cats. Um, but it, the, the posts are still kind of fun sometimes. Um, I, don't, I don't follow it for the cuteness of the cat. I follow it for the funniness of <laughs> the, the whole idea of it. But anyway... Uh, well, speaking of all of these women who are awesome in it, uh, oh my gosh, Tamina, just destroying in this match. Although, after, like, third or fourth attack, I was like, okay, it's, it's pretty much all this Samoan drop and the other move that she was doing. But, uh, um, uh, what I was going to say, uh, San Diego Comic-Con fashion doll line of WWE superstars looks really awesome. Uh, they unveiled everybody except for the actual champions. Um, so yeah, you have Becky Lynch, you have Charlotte, you have the, uh, the Bella Twins, um, even Eva Marie has a, a, a figure, a doll. I guess you could call them dolls. <laughs> oh, the, the video, when Becky first sees it, she's like, I'm a freaking doll. I'm a freaking doll. Um, that was, that was super cute, but, um, yeah, the, those look so awesome, and they actually look like them, unlike the NXT figures, oh, the, the figure of, of Asuka, oh my gosh, what did they, how could they mess that up so bad, I don't know, but, um, I will, I have yet to purchase an action figure or other, uh, other thing, but, uh, maybe they'll have some type of tie-in with the slime crates. I do have figures from that, so it's not that I don't have any of them, but I haven't gone to the store specifically to get one. I just have the ones that are included with the thing I subscribe to. Slime crate. Go to lootcrate.com slash podcast. No, I, I, I should find out how I could get that set up with that code instead of just my own personal referral code, um, Loot Crate, shoot me an email, I'll shoot you an email, um, but yeah, the Slime Crate's pretty neat, it is a little bit expensive, uh, it, it went up by like three dollars, uh, this, this latest box, this upcoming box, but I still think it's, I, I, I'm still gonna keep subscribing, because I like the shirts, well, the last shirt I didn't like, very much. It's uh, it's a boss Sasha Banks shirt, kind of mm, uh, okay, but uh, uh, upcoming shirts probably going to be pretty cool. In the past, there's the Seth Rollins shirt, which I'm actually wearing right now, and friggin' awesome Finn Balor shirts. Uh, it's one of my favorite shirts of all time that I've owned. Um, anyway. What was I saying? Oh yeah, the the Mattel fashion doll line, WWE superstars, so cool. And um, you know, I'm not gonna buy one for myself, but I might get one for my niece. She's uh, gonna be 
three, I think. Um, and yeah, that's about. Uh, 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 they're they're cool. They're pretty cool, and they have like their ring gear. It's just kind of a bummer that our two current women's champions, Naomi and Alexa Bliss, aren't represented in that first release of the of these toys. Like, oh, they're missing they're they're missing the boat on that. Anyhow, uh, let's get to this the actual match the the fatal five way elimination match. The winner, number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, like I said, it was won by Natalia. Did not expect that at all. Um, there was an awesome escape. Okay, we <laughs> lots of great moments. Just watch this match. Watch this match. Watch this match. Um, but Becky had a great escape from a pin. It was kind of like a limbo, uh, like after going under the the limbo stick. Um, rise up. Um, I, I would almost call it a kip up, except that she wasn't prone. She wasn't laying back down on the ground. Um, it was it was a, a kind of a matrix move. Oh, that was really awesome. Um, this came after Charlotte and Becky teamed up uh, to hit Lana and Tamina with double exploders. Um, Tamina is eliminated by Becky, then Lana is eliminated by Becky, but then Natalia rolls up Becky and eliminates her. So it comes down to Charlotte versus Natalia. Um, Charlotte tries to get the figure four on, but no. Uh, it's countered, but Charlotte's able to lift Natalia up into a, a huge slam. Always awesome to see her do that. Um, it's, I mean, the only other people who do that kind of thing is uh, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. So, I mean, there, there you go. It's pretty, pretty powerful move. Um, but Natalia kicks out. Uh, Charlotte goes for the moonsaults, Nat gets her knees up, uh, g- hits her in the gut, and uh, Natalia wins. Natalia is the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and she refuses to shake Charlotte's hand. What a jerk. And it's right out of that uh, speak and heal. <laughs> um, device that she has telling her what to do and say. Alright, so (laughs) moving on, we have AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens for the US Championship. I was I was pulling for AJ, wanted AJ to win. He looks amazing with the United States Championship around his waist. Is is like it's perfection. But it wasn't to be uh, there's some funky stuff. This match is kind of funky. It was very funky. The last couple minutes of it were super funky. Um, the beginning of the match we had... <laughs> Kevin had AJ in a headlock for like seven minutes. And then the last seven... The second half of the match, the last seven minutes, they were, uh, putting each other in submission moves, in submission holds, while the ref was <laughs> knocked out. That's pretty much what the match was like. So this is my... You know, I didn't dislike the match, but it is my least favorite AJ Styles match. Yeah. 
the period. This is my least favorite AJ Styles match. Least favorite Kevin Owens match. Um, ah, you know what? I I don't like. I like uh, Kevin Owens versus Goldberg less than this match because it was so quick. Um, I at least it wasn't awkward, I guess. But uh, this one, yeah, super awkward. Kevin throws AJ into the ref. Get him uh, to escape from uh, getting into a submission hold. And then they, uh, like, keep... Okay, the initial AJ getting Kevin Owens into the calf crusher, that was freaking awesome. The way they got into that was so cool. And I thought right there, okay, the ref is out. That's a brutal-looking calf crusher. Kevin Owens is going to tap, but uh, he's just going to keep it on there because there's no ref to call the match. He doesn't tap. He reverses into some other move, and then AJ reverses that, and then Kevin Owens reverses that into a pinning predicament, and the ref comes to and slowly counts to three. Um, And, yeah, it's so weird. Like, they're just sitting there in that position. AJ doesn't move a muscle. He's just sit sitting there for that very slow count. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll be explained uh, in some way. Uh, I wish we had AJ talking about it on Talking Back. We did have Kevin talking about it, but they didn't talk about the, the awkwardness of that. Like, oh yeah, I had his shoulders down. But I guess he thought that um, my shoulders were down or something like that. Uh, no attempt to explain it on Talking Smack. Um, and we don't have Talking Smack after the weekly show anymore. That's really upsetting. Smackdown, the land of, of, of disappointments. Not opportunities of disappointments. Um, yeah, so Kevin Owens won. You know, I, I, I was fine with either one of them winning. It's just that uh, the ending was so awkward that, like, it really, is it, is it actually, did that actually just end? That was the end of that match. Huh. So, uh, Kevin Owens, the, the face of America, back on top. Uh, at least we're probably going to get a, a, a rematch at SummerSlam. I hope so. I hope that it's uh, the same kind of excitement. I mean, getting his, his, his leg stuck in the table was more exciting and made more sense. And it was more engaging than the finish of, of this match. Because it was actually like, oh my god, that, that, what? Like a different kind of what? Okay, so let's move on. John Cena versus Rusev. Um, they both have a lot of trouble just going, getting that flag and just walking right over to that thing. Wasting time setting up tables. Wasting time going back to the ring for no real reason. All that kind of thing. Uh, there are a couple... They, they knock each other out a few times with submission holds. I'm... Okay, let's, let's just move on. John Cena won. That's my one prediction that I got actually correct. Was, was was that the right win? It was kind of a weird uh, last-minute thing for him to, like... 
I don't know, it's kind of like a kung fu movie in a way, like somebody like grabbing the knife as they're about to stab it into, uh, plunge it into their, their brain, and like fighting back as the knife is pushing through. It was like that, except it was a flag, and it wasn't sharp, and there was no blood, and uh, it was a flag match on the WWE pay-per-view, and John Cena won. The highlight of the night. The true highlight of the night. Was what I was looking forward to all week. The uh, continued exploits of the fashion police. The fashion X-Files. The Ascension is there in their office. They say, yeah, we did it. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> no, wait a second. You weren't even here last week. You were at the Eddie Money concert. Was it Eddie Money? That You were at the concert that we gave you the tickets for. <laughs> Um, and they're attacked by an off-screen assailant, and it's to be continued yet more. <laughs> the great thing about... Oh, yeah, everything about the, this segment was great. Um, it wasn't quite as great as last week's um, episode that turned into seven. We didn't have that same amount of references. Or maybe we did, and there were references that I didn't get. But... Um, <laughs> They admit to it. The Ascension admits to being the culprits. But then when they see the horse head, they're just mortified. And that gives it away. They didn't actually do it. Because um, if they're that taken aback by the severed head, um, there's no way that they would have severed the head themselves. Um, so I thought that was was pretty amazing. So uh, they're attacked. The lights goes out, goes go out. Um, Tyler Breeze is knocked out on the floor uh, Fandango is baffled and then he's attacked they're both knocked out and Fandango is slowly dragged away so who attacked who attacked the fashion police it's not the Ascension I think we were pretty clear about that could it be the New Day could they know that as they are approaching the becoming the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, that the next threat on the horizon would be the Fashion Police? Or was it the Spirit Squad? For no reason at all. Because the... Well, they've been... Re, no, they, they team with... Yeah, they teamed with um, The Miz back when he was going up against uh, Dolph Ziggler. Maybe it's a tag team we haven't seen in a while. Maybe it's the Colognes. Probably not the Colognes. We had uh, we had that addressed a little bit, but you never know. They can go back, go back on that, and it could be the kind of thing as with uh, Enzo and Cass that uh, I don't know what's happened all those other times, but I know what happened this last time. They're gonna have Corey Graves come on. Like I have some footage. See right here. Um, it's, uh, who would even attack them? Is it even a tag team that's attacking them? Maybe it's just one person. And that one person is, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't think of an exciting one person for it to be. Uh, but I, I am excited to see what happens next. But what does happen immediately following this, Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis. Uh, Sami Zayn wins with an exploder, suplex, and a haluva kick. After 
Maria Canellis tries to uh, stop Sammy from hitting Mike with uh, with an exploder. She uh, he successfully thwarts the distraction. Um, Mike's attack after uh, she distracts the ref and all that. He avoids that. Successfully hits the exploder and the haluva kick and wins the match. Um, <laughs> the friggin' Eskimo kisses, and then the, uh, a real kiss, regular kiss, during the match. That's uh, a few steps even more annoying than the Miz and Maurice have been in this last year. Like it, that's some that's uh, that's some powerful love there to be that much more annoying than them and only being around for about a month so far. Yeah, because they uh, made their debut at Money in the Bank. So, there you go. Alright, the main event of Battleground 2017. Uh, before talk about what actually happens in the match and the stuff that I liked about it, yes, could I could absolutely be really mad about the this whole situation. Who is the champion, how they're a champion, and uh, the events of the match, who's involved in the match, all that kind of thing. I could be so mad about it. And be like, why the hell are they doing it? They're wasting it, blah, 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 blah. But, but, looking at the match itself, kind of ignoring, like, hey, what is the motivation of this? Was is this a marketing thing? All that kind of thing. Looking at the match itself, it's it was awesome. It was pretty awesome. The uh, and even and kind of ignoring all the storyline coming up to it because a lot of parts of it have been uh, okay, okay. I guess we just we just have to see how this plays out. I guess this match itself, oh. Oh, it was great. There's so many moments. Okay, before uh, we have the Punjabi prison, uh, the, the match I'm talking about is Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal, WWE champion for the championship, Punjabi prison match. Uh, there's two cages, interior cage uh, around the, the perimeter of the ring, 16 feet tall. Uh, and then outside of that, an octagonal cage. Uh, it's kind of important that it's octagonal. Randy Orton uses the geometry of it to get a little bit of an advantage uh, at one point. Um, I remember seeing... I haven't seen the previous two Punjabi prison matches. I did see some clips of it. One of which was when Batista jumped from the interior cage to the exterior cage. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I was kind of expecting to see something like that. And we did see something like that. But not nearly as risky. And I'm glad we didn't see something nearly as risky. Because I was honestly worried that somebody was going to die. And somebody may have actually died. They're just covering it up. I think they have clones of these Singh brothers. Because they keep actually dying. The one keeps actually dying in every single one of these matches. He has to be part cat. Because he has gone through three lives already. If not more, but uh, anyway, uh, there are these kind of doggy doors uh, around the interior cage, and uh, I thought that all four would open at once, and then they all four close after 60 seconds. 
as it turned, I think that would have sped things up a lot more, made it more exciting. But uh, it's actually that just one of the four, so you get four chances at it, and there's a ref at each of those doors. Opens for 60 seconds, and then it closes, and then it's locked for the rest of the thing. Um, so that, that up until they get out of that interior cage, I wasn't too into it. And that could be uh, part of not liking this match very much, was being fully attentive to that part of it. I think because I've basically skipped that part of it, that that doesn't cloud... Um, it doesn't cloud the match with as much, uh, uh, ill will, I guess. But, uh, once they get out of there, it gets really exciting because, um, Jinder Mahal, he's helped out of the ring. Of course, the Singh brothers were underneath the ring and not back in the locker room. As I said, they were going to be watching the match and supporting him from afar. Of course, they were inside underneath the ring waiting for their moment they help him get out of of that interior cage just in the nick of time the door is closed randy is trapped inside so jinder mahal has the advantage he starts climbing the cage but randy enraged well he's not really enraged but he sees that i can't let this happen he climbs up the inside of the cage. Okay, the exterior cage is 20 feet tall. So with that 4 feet tall of the thing... They're the same height at the top. But, you know, the, the other one starts at, at uh, apron height. Anyhow, he climbs up. He climbs up the corner of it, which is geometric genius. Because he is able to just step across to the outside of the cage. Because where uh, the, angle, the corners are angled in. Because it's octagonal the exterior cage. So, uh, it's probably only like three feet from the corner of the interior cage to the, uh, exterior cage, um, at those corners. So, uh, they're, they're neck and neck there, but, uh, Jinder Mahal heads them off at the pass. They fight and they end up inside the ring. So, okay. So it's just brutal after this. We have kendo sticks, we have chairs. We have uh, surprisingly little actual blood, but all kinds of welts and bruises all over both of their bodies, just beating the hell out of each other, beating the hell out of the Singh brothers. And uh, Randy, after beating up, <laughs> beating them up with chairs, was it after the chairs? Um, Slippy Singh brother, I think it was after the chairs. He, um, this, one of the Singh brothers, he just slips right out of the cage through one of the, the gaps and climbs the outside and starts trying to fight Randy back into the cage. And they were climbing up the commentary side of the ring. Uh, the, the side of the cage, right by the commentary tables, and as he was climbing outside, I realized, Okay, this is before the Singh brother climbed out and started attacking. I thought, oh man, somebody is going through a commentary table, and that's freaking awesome. However, if it's either Jinder or Randy Orton, if they get sent through that table, they also win the match. So that is not a good strategy. How is this going to work? And then... The Singh brother sacrifices himself. He puts himself on the line. Okay, we got to see this. 
but I can't end the match, I volunteer for tribute. Um, so, this Singh brother, beaten off of the cage by Randy Orton, and falls to his death through a commentary table. Oh, good, good work, sir. I applaud your <laughs> sacrifices for these matches. Like, truly, well done. Uh, that was like the most exciting part of the match. Um, so, Randy has the advantage back. He fights the others off with the chair now, I think. I think that's the order of events. The chair either happened before or after <laughs> the the commentary table. But whatever the case may be, it looked like Randy was finally going to be able to win the match. He's climbing up. Uh, Jinder Mahal is, has been dispatched by chairs. The other Singh brother is uh, completely beaten up. Um, oh, yeah, we had a power slam before they even left the inside of the cage. That was fantastic. As long as I see a power slam in a Randy Orton match, I'm, I'm pretty happy. We saw, a, we saw an RKO counter to a Coloss. That was great. We saw a couple of draping DDTs. The last draping DDT uh, that re- really put Jinder Mahal away for Randy to, to get that final advantage. Well, not the final advantage. Randy's final advantage um, was that Jinder Mahal went for like a big boot type of thing, but his foot, <laughs> Randy stepped aside and. Uh, Jinder's foot went through the cage and uh, he was able to turn that into the draping DDT and I thought that was great. Great setup for it and uh, I was excited when I when he hit that DDT so yeah there's so many awesome awesome things about the match um, and as Randy is climbing up yes it's kind of dumb that he stopped climbing when the music hit but I guess he is kind of like What's going on? Because it's Jinder Mahal's music that's playing. Like, why, why, what is happening? What else is coming out? Who else is coming out? All three of these guys are already out here. It's the great Kali. He uh, comes out, he climbs up the outside of the cage, and just starts choking Randy Orton, holding him there in place three-quarters of the way up the cage. Jinder Mahal climbs up, climbs out, Retains the WWE Championship, and Randy Orton is beat to hell, welts all over his back from those kendo sticks and other assorted attacks. Oh man, what a match! What a match! I'm not happy that Randy Orton lost, but this was an awesome match. And I mean, hey, it took it took four people. It took four people to prevent Randy Orton from winning that championship back. That's... Uh, I mean, you can't really make... Unless Randy won, then it, then it's kind of, like, unbelievable. But this way, it's like, oh... Well, they had to throw everything they had at him to finally stop him. But, uh, anyway... Randy was freaking awesome in this match. Absolutely, that the Singh brothers did a fine job. <laughs> the the one who died, rest in peace. We'll see your clone soon. 
and, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I liked it, I liked it, so that's it, that's it, we had Talking Smack, Kevin Owens on Talking Smack was amazing, the rest of it, eh, is okay, we had Natalia speaking heel, and, uh, and we had Jinder Mahal talking about how this was his plan all along. He had thought about every single element of the Punjabi prison match, and that made me appreciate the match even more. It was like, yeah, he wasn't breaking any of the rules. He's, he's breaking the spirit of the rules. He's kind of, he's breaking the morality of the match. But as far as what you're allowed to do, or rather what is not disallowed, He's totally within uh, within his confines. The thing I was upset with the most is that nobody came out to help Randy. Like, every single time that uh, he was getting beaten back down, I was like, somebody, somebody go help Randy. Somebody go help Randy. Anybody, anybody go help Randy. Luke Harper, get out there. Yeah, I know you have your differences. Get out there and help Randy. New Wyatt family without Bray Wyatt. Ooh, Luke Harper and Randy Orton together again? I think, ooh, maybe that is what happens. He like, I, I can't take this guy down on my own. I've been trying so hard. As long as he has the Singh brothers, I need my own Singh brothers. So how about good old Eric and Luke at my side? I'm their new leader. I freed them from, the, from Bray Wyatt. They should come along with me. I'm not their leader. We're just pals now. Like, we're equals. Except that I'm the one that's going to get the championship. Um, but I'll get the WWE championship. They'll get the tag team championships. Um, we'll take down the fashion police together. All that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know. So, that's it. SummerSlam's going to be great. I mean, yeah, uh, despite, <laughs> it'll be great despite itself, probably. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be weird, but sometimes weird ends up being the greatest. So we'll find out what happens soon. Can't wait to see what, hap- what they have to say about everything on SmackDown this week. Um, let me know what you thought about this pay-per-view by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review on iTunes, and support the show even more at patreon.com slash todayiwatched. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll be back with WWE 2017 Week 30. And uh, in a few weeks, SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. And, well, and the, and the Mae Young Classic. I'll, I'll do reviews of the chunks of episodes that come out. So it'll be, I think it'll be three or four episodes total. Because um, you have the first set of five, then the second set of five, and then... Are they having a semi-final and a final, or is it just the, the, the final that's live? I'm not sure. So either three or four episodes of that. Eventually, I will finish my reviews of the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, I saw like three or four episodes left of that that I've totally neglected since by the time I got to it, 
I already knew who won it because uh, 205 Live started. Or the, no, the, the live finale happens. And then they were um, shown on, on Raw. This is your Cruiserweight champion from the Cruiserweight Classic. Anyway, um, be on the lookout for all of that and more. Also, other shows. I got Supergirl. I got um, uh, The F Word which uh, airs tomorrow night. The next episode airs tomorrow night. I may have forgotten to publish the latest episode yet, but I will publish that soon, so watch out for those. Um, I've got the last season of Survivor all recorded, but none of it has been posted yet, so watch out for all of that. All of it and more on TIWpodcast.com or todayiwatchedpodcast.com, whichever, it goes to the same place. Um, That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you later. Bye.